today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Here's how I see it. The Lord loves me so much and He misses me. He wants to be with me and He wants me to come back to Him. Draw near to me and He's there waiting. He'll draw near to me if I draw near to Him. He wants to sup with me and me with Him. He wants to commune with me and me with Him. And He's saying, you need to turn around, come back. That's what repentance is. Do you feel like your Christian walk is just merely a rote exercise day to day? Today, Pastor J.D. will call you to recognize how you may have drifted from God. Remember Him, His love, and the faith you once had. Repent and return to Him. He longs for you to come back. He loves you and desires a relationship with you. Now, Be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Song of Songs, Chapter 6, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. That's very interesting, by the way. And have found them liars. He's commending them for that. And you have persevered, and have patience, and have labored for my namesake, and have not become weary. Wow. Oh, this is the church in Ephesus. Uh, It's believed that this letter that Jesus had John write and send to this church was about 35 years after the Apostle Paul wrote the letter to the church of Ephesus. We have recorded in our Bibles as the book of Ephesians. So 35 years has gone by, and apparently they did pretty good. I'd say very good, actually. So much so that Jesus would commend them for all that they had done, but... Verse 4, nevertheless, I have this against you. You do? Yeah. What? That you have, keyword, left your first love. Not lost. Left your first love. Verse 5, here's what you need to do about it. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, what worked at first, as you did at first with your first love. Or else, ooh, there's an or else, yeah. I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have. Now he's going to commend them again. That you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Now there's some debate 
about what the deeds of these so-called Nicolaitans was. One has suggested that they taught that you could do anything you wanted with your body. It, it was really only the soul that mattered. Another has suggested that Nike Nico, the conquering conquest over the laity, these were lording it over God's people, could be all of the above. Well, we know one thing, that this church hated those deeds, and we're also told that the Lord also hates it. He says, which I also hate. And then he ends verse 7, interesting, seven verses, first of seven churches, seven lampstands, seven things commending, seven the number of completion. Ends the letter with the same ending that he does with every letter, the first part of it. He who has an ear, that's rhetorical, he who has an ear. Everybody here has an ear? I have two, so do you, so that's rhetorical. In other words, you have an ear, now you need to hear. Just because you have an ear does not mean you hear. You know how that is? Give me, give me a second on this, because this is important. So we have ears. By the way, have you ever noticed we don't have ear lids? I know that's weird, but we can't shut our ears, but we can. We don't need ear lids to shut them. How do you shut your ears? Oh, you just tune them out. You know how it is when somebody's talking, and you're going, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then you blow it and you insert the uh-huh at the wrong place. They're going, are you listening to what I'm saying? No, busted. Okay, what would you say now? <laughs> what was that now? I, mean, I, was, I just, was, you, didn't, you didn't hear? No. I mean, I heard, but I didn't hear. I, I tuned you out. All I heard was blah, blah, blah. You know, like as a kid, my mom, she would hit a certain octave. That was it. I just, well, I didn't hear anything else. All I heard was, I have ears, but I didn't hear. That's all of the seven letters. You have ears, but you're not listening to what I'm saying. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. So, why do I go to this letter? Because there's three things here that I think we would do well to take heed. Remember, repent, and return. Let's start with remember. Think back to what it was like when you first came to the Lord. Oh, how much you love the Lord. He was all you could think about. He was all you could talk about. I mean, you just, you were so in love with the Lord. Just reflect on that and remember what that was like and then repent. Do a 180. It's a change of mind, and then return. 
You could add a fourth R if you want. Repeat. Remember. Repent. Return. And repeat. Repeat what? Repeat the first works, what worked at first. You know, you remember what you did when you were so in love? Oh my goodness. You couldn't wait to spend time with the Lord. You, you couldn't put the Word down. Now you can't pick it up. Your prayer life? Oh, like a little child. The childlike faith, just talking to your Father in heaven. Your prayer life back then, remember what that was like? Do you want that again? Repent. Repent. You know what's sad is that word has gotten kind of a lot of bad press. I don't mean to be derogatory towards preachers of repentance, but we've really couched it in terms of, You need to repent! Wow, really? Yeah. I don't see it like that. Here's how I see it. The Lord loves me so much, and He misses me. He wants to be with me, and He wants me to come back to Him. Draw near to me, and He's there waiting. He'll draw near to me if I draw near to Him. He wants to sup with me and me with Him. He wants to commune with me and me with Him. And He's saying, you need to turn around, come back. That's what repentance is. About face. Turn back, come back. You're, you're going further away. Come back. Repent, turn back. Do a 180 and about face. Come back. Come back to me. I'm waiting with open arms. You know what Satan has succeeded in doing? He's got us deceived and we have believed that God is not waiting with open arms. Oh, he's got his arms out, but they're holding a baseball bat to beat us. That's not what he's doing. One of the most moving parables I believe that Jesus ever taught was the parable that we affectionately refer to as the prodigal son. And you have to understand the cultural dynamics to really grasp the intensity of this parable. Here's this son that turns away and leaves, takes his inheritance and blows it. All that money on partying. I I hate to say it, it's in the parable, prostitutes. You would think the father was like, you're dead to me. I disown you. You walk out that door, you're never coming back. That's how we see it and say it, right? That's not the heart of the Father. He lets him go. And you get the impression in the poignant picture that the Savior paints on the canvas of this parable, that the Father, his heart was of course broken, but every day he's waiting and watching for his son to come back. 
And it's evident at the end of the parable because when the son does come back, he's in the driveway. I know they didn't have driveways in that day, but let's just say they had driveways. And what is so moving is, and this is where the cultural dynamics come into play, when he sees him from afar, he gathers up his robe and he runs to his son. That never happens in the Middle East. Shame. that The father doesn't run to the son. The son needs to come crawling to the father. Not this father. That's a picture of our heavenly father. And when he embraces him, I, I, I could go on about the son and what was going through his mind. I picture him rehearsing what he's going to say to his dad when he comes back. I blew it. I'm so sorry. Listen, I'll, I'll just clean the animals, you know, pans for you and all. Because I know that being one of your servants, forget being your son, just being one of your servants would be better than what I was doing and how I was living. He was, and he was rehearsing, okay, I know you're mad, I know you're... And then, can you imagine his surprise? Here, here comes his father running to him, oh man, this is bad. He's running to me. Dads don't do that. I must be in really big trouble. Oh, he's not running to me to punish me. He's running to me to embrace me. What love is this? He came back. You know his older brother? Not happy. What's up with this, dad? I've been so, here my brother, he goes out and does this and blows all of his, of his inheritance and he defies you and rebels against you. And then he comes back and you're, you're throwing this big feast for him. That ain't right. And what does the father say? Oh, my son, he's come back. He came back. And that's what it is for us. When we return, come back. Here's a question, and we'll try to bring it in for a landing here. Although I just, oh, sometimes I stand up here behind this pulpit, as is my privilege to do, profound privilege. And I just feel like, oh, Lord, I cannot possibly adequately communicate just how much you love us. There are no words. But here's the question I want to ask. Why? Why did they leave their first love? Certainly there, I mean, it's hard to grasp why it is that they would leave their first love. Because, I mean, you would think that this church was, I mean, this what a church. These Christians, I mean, perseverance, patience, their works. These, these people were serving the Lord. How can this be? Why? Why? I have a possible 
explanation. Like them then, so too is this true for us now. What we do for the Lord in our service to the Lord can take us from the Lord. Maybe that's why. I mean, it was stand to reason that, man, they were serving the Lord. Yeah, but you left your first love. I mean, it seems that your love for the Lord was sacrificed on the altar of your service for the Lord. You left your first love. I want to close with this true story that I think should really sum it up. I'll tell you, it it has been a source of conviction and encouragement to me over the years, and I want to share it with you. It comes from Harry Ironside, and he shares about knowing a man who had suffered the death of his wife, leaving him alone with their only daughter, who was the joy of his life. This was long ago and well before the time of television when families actually sat together and talked together. Oh, remember those days? Remember. Remember. As the story goes, it was during the winter, with Christmas fast approaching, as the autumn season had quickly passed by, giving way to the busyness of the holiday. On one particular evening, the daughter politely excused herself after dinner, leaving her father only to disappear to her room for the night. This repeated itself night after night until Christmas morning, when she came running down the stairs with a nicely wrapped present to give to her father. He opens the gift and finds a pair of hand-knitted slippers that his beloved daughter had spent all those nights making for him. The father graciously thanked her for the slippers, but then kindly speaks to her, lovingly, not angrily, saying how he would have much rather had her with him all of those evenings than even 10,000 of these slippers. Again, that just convicts me, not condemns me, convicts me. And the difference between conviction and condemnation is condemnation distances us from the Lord, whereas conviction draws us near to the Lord. That's the litmus test, by the way, to know the difference between conviction and condemnation. Could you imagine how she must, this is a true story, could you imagine how she must have felt? Oh, no question that she wanted to do this work for her father. But she left every night. And here her father, who loves her so much, is like, I just wanted you with me. I'm, 
thank you, but if these slippers represent all of those nights away from me, no. The Lord wants us with Him more than He wants what we can do for Him. And that's the takeaway. Come back. Just, just be with me. One last thing. This will be the last, last thing. I'm going to have Pastor Mac fill in me, for me for a couple of weeks. I'm going to take two weeks. And I am going to, of course, spend some time with my family, but I just, I want to spend some time with the Lord. I just want to be with Him, spend time with Him. And I just want to commune with Him. And then, Lord willing, if we're still here, we have to say that, right? I'm looking forward to coming back. And again, being behind this pulpit, but I'm just, I, 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 I can't wait. And here's the thing, I don't think he can wait either. He's like, what are the dates again? Oh, you, you and me, yeah. Just you and me, yeah, yeah. Wait, no email, right? No. No notification, off. Not silenced, off. Just you and me. Okay, I'm going to use one more of the last. This will be the last last. This is going to use one, okay. Grace, come on, Grace. Have you ever considered this? That... All the Lord wants is not for us to go excuse ourselves from the dinner table and go do something for Him, to give to Him. Have you ever stopped to think that maybe all the Lord wants is just us to be with Him? And then the things that He wants to say to us and show to us that He cannot otherwise say or show to us because our lives are too busy. We're off. Where are you, where are you going? Bye. Where are you going? Uh, busy. Okay. I was here waiting this whole time. Come back. I'm not angry. Just come back. I, I miss you. I want to I wanna be with you. It's easy to read through the book of Song of Songs and think it only applies to couples. But the Word of God is always inclusive. This means you can glean something from every page, no matter who you are. So don't let your social status, job, age, or how long you've been a Christian hinder you from diving into the Bible. It's full of wisdom that you can apply to your life. As you listened to Pastor J.D.'s message today, we pray your faith was impacted in a powerful way. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear others like it, just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. There you'll find an archive of teachings as well as other helpful tools in your walk with the Lord. 
We always love to hear from our listeners, too. If you have a specific prayer request or any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find it under the About tab. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to connect and have you join us for our worship services. Always feel free to bring your friends and family along, too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor J.D. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. You can find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website or find us on our media platforms to stay up to date with all things concerning Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.